three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter. Hope you guys are having a great Sunday. Uh, I guess it'll be Monday by the time you listen to this. But, uh, so I've got a quick review here for uh, Toy Story 4. So I'm going to do something kind of rare because this movie has so much going on. And this is, in theory, the, the last Toy Story movie that Pixar's going to do. So I'm going to go full spoilers per usual, but I'm going to kind of Tarantino this. I'm going to give you the end of the review now, give you our grade. So if you don't want any spoilers, you can know at least, hey, this is what you, uh, what Hunter thinks. And you can go in knowing that it's good or bad or what have you. So, okay. So here's the rating. And I'll tell you when I'm about to jump into spoilers, but just so you guys have it. So my rating for this. Oh, you know what? Oh, that was the other thing. So. Since this is a kids movie, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna refrain very hard uh, from not cursing because I mean, God help you if your kids are listening to this. But but just in case, uh, so I'm going to try attempt to make this very uh, cuss free for one review only. So uh, the review, uh, my grade for this is a fan. Oh yeah, I can't say that word, a fan flippantastic. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Um, this I actually like more than the third one, and it does give a very a great sense of finality uh, to the Toy Story franchise. So, fan flippantastic. You can go in this knowing that it doesn't suck and that it's wonderful and that all the things you love about the Toy Story movies are there. So, okay. Now that that's out of the way. So, to get into the plot of this, I went ahead and actually went through... Over the last uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks, and went through and I rewatched uh, the Toy Story movies, uh, which I hadn't seen them all in a while. I hadn't seen the first one probably about nine, probably about seven years, and I hadn't seen the second or uh, the second one probably in about four, and then the third one really since it came out. So it's it's been a while. So going through watching the first three, I would say if I were to rate them, I'd probably go probably go two three one i still think toy story 2 out of the first three is the best one that's where you know you have uh kelsey Grammer's uh, stinky pete who is just a real uh jerk and you get introduced to jesse and bullseye in the second one who are still two of my absolute favorite characters so uh, and you do get a decent amount of them in this one so the movie starts off with uh woody played by tom hanks who can we just talk about how great of a voice actor Tom Hanks is? I think this is really the only voice acting he does. But him as Woody, he is just great in these movies. And I'm going to compare Woody to Captain America here in just a moment. So stay, so stick with me here. But the movie starts off about nine years ago with uh, Woody and Bo Peep trying to go ahead and save R.C., who uh, it, it's raining at Andy's house. And uh, R.C.'s stuck in kind of like a, like a storm drain Uh uh, or like a mud, like kind of like in a mudslide uh, on the side of the house, and so they have this uh, mission to go ahead and save RC. So they use you know the barrel monkeys, uh, uh, Buzz is there, kind of directing traffic with Woody, and basically Bo Peep and her sheep, 
uh, say that three times fast. Uh, they they go ahead and they help Woody sit in saving RC, but uh, Bo Peep at the time isn't really feeling like Andy's toy. She's not really being she's not being you know played with like the other toys are. So she actually ends up leaving, and it's a pretty emotional scene because it is that point where maybe for the first time in the franchise we feel like Woody has an out with Andy, and that kind of ties back to my whole Captain America uh, comparison, where Woody's greatest, his greatest um, attribute, uh, his biggest strength has always been his sense of loyalty, whether it's to, you know, to the other toys, or later on to, to Buzz with their friendship, or his loyalty overall that encompasses everyone, is his, his loyalty to Andy, and seeing that play out over the first three movies, it just shows uh, how incredibly loyal Woody is. And you think about Captain America just being loyal to the average person, to America, you know, America's interests above his own. And, you know, when you get to in-game where that goes, how he kind of makes a selfish decision, uh, admittedly well-deserved, might I add, to, you know, go ahead and live uh, you know, live his best life through a uh, alternate timeline. That kind of follows, follows the same thing here because once the movie opens up, uh, I, I went and saw this with my uh, with 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 Leia per usual. Um, so we went and saw this, and I remember even whispering over to her at a point. I went, I know how this is going to end because the movie does very much kind of go like, hey, this is not maybe about the end that you want. This is more about the journey to get there. And I can see how some people might be irritated is not the right word, but they might be a little, they might go, really? That's that's where we're ending this? But it's not a bad thing. The movie very much kind of gets you prepared for where it's going to go. And for me, when it got to where it went, I went, yeah, this is kind of where it needs to go, honestly, if you want to give that final sense of finality to it and talking to uh talking to uh not to, to john cooley who i'll get to in a moment here he really does kind of put the kibosh on the fact that it will be a toy story 5 now granted this is disney and pixar and disney loves money more than more than they love mouse ears so it's very possible they find some sort of way to do a fifth one if they just if this just makes you know a, a billion dollars which it easily could let's be fair but it where this ends, it does feel like they are very happy with where this is ending, and that they don't need a fifth one, which they don't. I, but then again, I didn't think they need a fourth one, and they proved me wrong there. So, um, so Woody basically goes ahead. He's kind of trying to do to to lead the room uh, with a Bonnie, and Bonnie is just the cutest little girl. Just whenever she's on screen and she's emoting, I just felt nothing but care. For that kid now, I fully admit she kind of looks like like a light version of my sister when she was five. So maybe that's that's part of it. But it was just really sweet to see her just so. And this is gonna sound weird, but why not? Uh, just with the the climate, worrying with the news, and just how you know everyone seems like is at odds politically. It was very nice to just see something pure. And walking with Alea to the theater and everything, seeing all these kids just excited and not, you know, <laughs> broken like the world sometimes does to people. And it was just really cool to see that just that positivity and kind of just immerse myself in that for a couple hours. I was like, oh, what a concept. Now, granted, this has some, uh, some, some darker moments, which I'll get to here. But it was really cool just to be in that theater for all those kids just so 
excited about this. And I would tell you too, I think you can take your kids to this without them seeing the first three, but I think where it ends up, it's gonna lose a lot of its, uh, it's gonna lose a lot of its uh, impact if you don't take them to see, uh, or you don't rent all three. They're like four bucks for on Amazon. On Amazon, just just rent them. It's fine. But I would really recommend doing that because your kids, if you want them to have the full experience, they they should see everything. You know, they should see everything leading up to this. Um, so Woody, uh, so Woody basically ends up sneaking the Bonnie's backpack because she ends up going to a kindergarten orientation. She asks her parents if she can take a toy, and they're like, "Well, you know, the school's rule about toys." And I'm just gonna say. You don't get a lot of Bonnie's parents in here, but they're the biggest villains in this movie for me. Because just when they went, no, you can't take a toy. I was like, you dickhead parents. Oops. <laughs> you jerky parents. All right. Sorry. That's lit. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was trying so hard. All right. That's my, that's my one. That's my one. But, <laughs> but you terrible fit. That's a way in the background, by the way. But. You can just hear, like, these terrible parents of just depriving their kid of feeling comfortable going to this brand new place where she doesn't know anyone. And the first thing that happens when she sits down to do arts and crafts is this kid comes and just steals her crayons. It's like, you jerk, what's wrong with you? Just doesn't even say hi to her, and he says, she says hi to him, and he just goes, whatever. It's like, oh, you stupid. So, yeah, that, yeah, her parents are terrible, but uh, Woody sneaks into her backpack helps kind of throw arts and crafts up on the table and everything. And one thing that's so great about this movie is the art direction on it. Just the way that the, the visuals work with the story. And while there's a lot of dialogue in this, the movie does such a good job of having just the visuals tell the story. Woody, of course, doesn't talk to the girl because that would be awkward. But, uh, but the way that he's grabbing, you know, like crayons out of the trash that happen to be there to throw up on the table for Bonnie and everything. It's really cool to see just how much Woody really does care about this, uh, about Bonnie. So Bonnie ends up making this, uh, ends up making this, uh, spork creature named Forky, who's voiced by Tom, uh, by Tom Hale. Uh, I can never remember if it's Hale or, Hall, uh, or Holly. I think it's Hale. But he's become a really great voice actor in himself, you know, going ahead and play, uh, he's played the Joker multiple times, or voiced the Joker. Uh, he's voicing the Joker in that new Harley Quinn uh, series that DC uh, Universe is putting out, if memory serves. But uh, he was great in Batman Ninja. I mean, he's, you know, he's on, uh, he was on Rick and Morty. I mean, they're, they're, uh, Veep is the thing I know him from. He's just, he's great on there. Um, he's done a lot of great stuff, and I'm just really happy that he's continuing to do so well because he's absolutely delightful. And and Forky, I will say, I was a little worried because I thought he could have ended up like the like the Porgs from Star Wars, like just this very cute thing that's put there for advertising and for you know to sell toys. I was really worried about that. And even seeing the trailers, I was like, uh, this fork is kind of bothering me. <laughs> this, sorry, the spork is kind of bothering me already. And I have to say, Forky works so incredibly well. Uh, it's a little confusing how this works as well as it does. Uh, the, the story on this uh, was uh, Rashida Jones and uh, Will McCormick. They helped them. Uh, they, they, they were on the story. So Will McCormick has only done... A couple things. Uh, he did a Mob City TV series. 
He worked with uh, Rashida Jones on Celeste and Jesse Forever, which I was not a fan of. Uh, we reviewed that, I want to say, way, way back in the day, back in uh, I want to say 20, like 2012, I think we reviewed that. So, so yeah, go check the channel for that. But it, I was a little worried when I saw that him, Rashida, uh, that he was at least going to be working on this. Rashida Jones, of course, you know as Ann Perkins uh, from Parks and Rec and Karen on The Office. Uh, if you haven't watched Angie Tribeca, you should. She was great on there. But I was very impressed with the story on this because while Toy Story 3 really is the whole concept of, you know, of loyalty and, and, and growing up and everything, this is more about, this is more about protection and about being overprotective of really you can put in you know your kids your dog you you know whatever you want to fill that blank with but Woody plays so much of a father figure here to Forky there's this point where Forky uh <laughs> one of the best ongoing jokes uh in, in the beginning of the movie and it kind of carries through is that Forky wants is trying to throw himself away because he's a toy and and he's like, well, I'm a spork, though, so why am I still, you know, why am I still here? So Woody is constantly just, you know, catching him trying to jump out of windows and jump into trash cans and moving trash cans and all the stuff because Forky is just being, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's being kind of terrible, but you understand it because it's not his instinct to be a toy and he doesn't understand what a toy is. So when, uh, so it, that father, father-son relationship really works here. The, uh, there's a point, of course, where you see in the trailers that Forky finally gets away and just jumps out of this moving trailer because Bonnie and her parents, her evil parents, uh, go on uh, go on a, a field trip. Not, not a field trip, a, a family trip before uh, the week before school starts. And so this is a rescue. This is a weird rescue mission. So you have Woody and Forky on their own adventure trying to get back to this trailer park that Bonnie and her parents end up staying at, you know, while they're, uh, uh, for the night. And then you have Buzz, Jesse, uh, uh, Slink, uh, Mr. Potato Head, Ham, and the rest of the, rest of the toy crew trying to find Woody and, uh, Forky. And so, you don't get a lot of scenes with Buzz and Woody, which, if there is a complaint, and this is admittedly me stretching a little bit, that would kind of be my one... But to be honest, the movie where it goes and where it ends up, it, it can't really afford to have them together. It, it kind of actually, it's it's almost like Stranger Things last season where, you know, yeah, I wanted to see more uh, Eleven and Will together. But for what that story needed, they need to be separated. It's the same thing here. And you do get some scenes with them earlier in the beginning and a, a, a really great scene at the end that just works so freaking well that I was just like, okay, this kind of makes up for the lack of scenes earlier. But Woody and Forky's relationship is really fun. You get to see Bo Peep again, which they explain, like I explained earlier, they explain where where she's been, why she wasn't in the, the prior two movies, which... I'm happy they did, and they didn't just have her pop back up because that would have been awkward. But Bo Peep is like this, this uh, almost this Wonder Woman type, where she's just so independent, and she don't and she don't need no man. And <laughs> and it's really cool to see what her character's gone through, and it makes you feel very sympathetic for her. I I love where her character goes and how she's introduced back into the fold. Uh, she. Uh, 
one of the jokes are with her sheep, who's I can't whose names I can't remember. I feel like witty right now, but uh, but the sheep are probably the most awesome they've been in all the movies as well. Uh, as far as other new characters, you get Forky, you get Duke uh, Duke Kaboom, who's voiced by Keanu Reeves, who was just having such a great summer between being announced as being you know one like the co your co-star in a cyberpunk uh coming up uh seeing him in john wick uh parabellum which if you've listened to our review which if you haven't you should uh we i just love that movie i love john wick movies and seeing him as a canadian evil knievel he was perfect in the role his whole intro is him just posing and talking while he's posing and i i was laughing so hard i couldn't believe it this is probably the second funniest movie of the year for me behind book smart which if book smart is just it's wonderful but the humor on this really does update with its audience you know this movie does assume that you know you started as a kid when the first toy story came out and you've grown up with these you know with these movies so it the humor there are a couple of adult jokes here there's a couple kubrick references where i was like oh that's all right that's cool i won't you know i won't complain about that it, it's crazy to think that toy story the original released in 95 so that wouldn't put me at i would have been eight uh, what eight at the time which wow god that's that's crazy to think about and they're still making these um it's it's really cool how the humor it, it does push you off a little bit. There's a couple adult jokes that will uh, fly over your kid's head, obviously. But that adult will go like, <laughs> okay, that, that, was, that, was, that was funny. Um, talking about the villain in this, they do something very interesting with the villain, uh, who's voiced by uh, Christina, my ex, my future ex-wife, Hendrix. Uh, she, he plays Gabby Gabby. And if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that I hate clowns. Clowns are my least favorite thing in the world, which is why the only review on this channel that has not featured me, uh, something I've seen, is it, because I refuse to see that movie. Won't be seeing Chapter 2, by the way. We will review it, but I won't watch it. And uh, marionettes are close second. Minds are really close. They're behind that. The silence is just weird. And Gabby Gabby is who Christina Hendricks voices, and she, she has this pretty tragic, uh, tragic backstory uh to her and the way she connects with woody is really interesting because yeah she's a quote villain unquote but she's not like lots of hugs in toy story 3 where you're just like god someone just needs to kick that bear into a furnace i never felt the anger that i felt for uh stinky p or lots of hugs that i did for gabby 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 gabby's way more sympathetic uh, sympathetic and I, I won't spoil kind of what her whole deal is and why she's so, uh, she needs Woody, but she's, uh, <laughs> why she needs Woody, but, uh, but, but uh, if, if, if you're a kid, you won't get that joke, but, but it's, it, but it's, it's really interesting where her arc goes and the sympathy I felt for, uh, you know, this marionette doll, which, uh, was was really pr pretty impressive all things considered also she has this kind of mini army of marion and ed like they look like slappy from goosebumps and they are just the creepiest freaking dolls in the world and 
there's about four four or five jump scares with them that will get you and and the first two or three i was like ah uh the fourth one i saw coming but uh poor <laughs> poor Leia. she definitely grabbed my hand she was like ah um art theater there's a guy right behind me who i swear jumped at least a foot out of his chair he was like ah like so it the, the jump scares definitely got some people but uh, it <laughs> but just just so you know they are there um, the last couple characters I do want to touch on, I, I, I know people complain about this, but Mr. Potato Head is in it, voiced, of course, by uh, Don Rickles. Unfortunately, Don Rickles has passed, rest in peace, to one of the best comics ever. So, of course, he couldn't do, like, they kind of used some archived, uh, some archived voice, uh, voice recordings from him. He's got maybe three or four lines, but it was just cool to see Mr. Potato Head in the movie, period. Because they could have very easily just kind of gone like, well, what are you gonna do? But I, I'm really happy they kept they, they kept Mr. Potato Head in here. So uh, the last couple characters I want to talk about are a Ducky and uh, and Bunny, who are voiced by uh, Key and Peel, respectively. I they had me laughing so hard I was crying. There's this whole sequence where Forky gets captured by the marionettes, and so. Uh, Woody, Buzz, Bo Peep, and Ducky, uh, and Ducky and Bunny go back to this uh, antique store to save to save Forky, and they have this whole sequence. Oh, and Duke Boom, pardon me. So they have this whole sequence about what they'll do to the old lady to get the key that they need, and that that sequence alone, I, I could not give breath in. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. How is this so funny? And they keep going back to them. Whenever they need a laugh, I mean the whole movie is funny because you know it's it's Pixar. Why wouldn't it be? But whenever they went back to Ducky and Bunny in particular, I just I was just rolling, and they actually end up being pretty uh pretty important characters down the road, which I went oh okay that's that's actually really cool. Um, the ending to this movie, um, I I cried a couple times. I cried at the beginning, uh, because you know with the whole Bo Peep, uh, her explanation about what happened with her, it does this really cool, uh, this really cool spin where it goes from, like, Andy as a kid to him being older, and there's a point where Andy has Woody in his hands, he's kind of spinning him like an airplane, and when Andy's shoulder passes, the Toy Story logo came in, came in, it was just such a beautiful transition, I was like, oh, wow, that was really impressive, I mean, just a very subtle thing, but I appreciate, you know, visual, uh, visual stuff like that. Uh, the, the reason I gave it the rating I did as I wrap up here, I, I was sitting here and I, and I've been thinking on the movie, which is why I didn't record it, uh, yesterday afternoon when I got home from watching it. I was really sitting here thinking, is there a complaint I have? And really the only one is that I just don't have more scenes of Buzz and Woody, but that's such a minor, that, that's me almost looking for something to complain about. Because I just found myself so genuinely happy watching this movie. And leaving the theater just just impressed. And, and really inspired, to be completely honest. Um, John Cooley is a first-time director. This is his first, uh, his director's debut. He went ahead and he was a screenwriter on Inside Out, which, you know, of course he was. Um, and I give him a lot of credit for, you know, stepping in, handling a franchise that has so much merit and so much clout like Toy Story does. And and just 
just being so uh, so willing to obviously go ahead and give the people clearly what they wanted, but to really have this vision that he did and everyone who worked on this, you know, did such a great, great job. Um, obviously, uh, you know, even though Rashida Jones and Will McCormick went through the whole process, I want to give a shout out here to, uh, uh, to you know, uh, Andrew Stanton, uh, John Cooley, of course, uh, Valerie La- uh, La- LaPointe, I'll say, uh, Rashida Jones, Will McCormick, Martin Haynes, uh, Stephanie Folsom, and it was Andrew uh, Stanton and Stephanie Folsom who did the, uh, the screenplay on it, and they they knew how to just where to put jokes in, where to put in the emotional beats. Uh, Andrew Stanton was a writer on uh, John Carter, which is not great, but he was a writer also on Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., Toy Story 2, A Bug's Life, Toy Story, and then Wally. And if you guys haven't talked to me about Wally. Uh, I love Wally. I think it's probably Pixar's second most underrated film, right behind Ratatouille, because Ratatouille is amazing. Um, and he also worked on Finding Dory. Same thing with Stephanie uh, Stephanie Folsom. So uh, she worked on the uh, yeah. Actually, this is her wow. This is her first screenplay credit. Oh my god, good for her. Shoot. So there's so much here to admire. And like I said, if I'm picking at straws, the witty buzz thing. Uh, th- their dynamic not being explored more in scenes kind of does is not great uh, or ideal for what I would have wanted. And then the only other complaint, because I have heard this, is that some people are kind of going, "Well, it's a spork. How's it alive?" And my whole my whole thing I'd say that is, why do you care? It's a movie about talking toys. Is that really where the line is being drawn for you? I just, like, okay, we're four movies in. Just accept that this is how it is. You know, it'd be different if these movies were bad, but they're so great. If that's the one complaint you can pull, I think Pixar's doing pretty well. So, uh, just wrapping up here, guys. Again, it's a it's a fan flip fantastic for me. Um, I will say, too, just in closing... I know I'm in the minority, uh, well, always, but I know I'm in the minority uh, for people who don't like Frozen. I just, I'm just i seeing this trailer for Frozen 2 because Disney is just hammering at home that it's coming out here in the next couple months. I could not care less about Frozen 2. Like, we'll review it, and I'll watch the first one again before because I haven't seen it since it first came out. But, yeah, I just, I, I don't care. I really don't care about Frozen 2. At all, I really wish you were making Tangled 2, because that's, out of the two, that's actually one that should get a sequel, and for whatever reason, they went, well, I know they went Frozen, because of Let It Go, and it made a bunch of money, but whatever, it should be, it should be Tangled 2, not Frozen 2, but, anyways, I digress. So, yeah, Toy Story 4, this is one of the best set of films that's ever been made, I mean, it's up there. With the Captain America movies for me, with um, uh, with the Planet Apes reboot movies, with the Back to the Future films, uh, the Indiana Jones films, uh, heck, the Blade Runner films, um, it, it, the Mad Max films, it, it it's up there in that upper echelon of just things that are so great. It's just really impressive that they haven't screwed one of these up. So props to Pixar; they know what they're doing. So yeah, this is a fan flip, fantastic. Take the kids, go see it. Uh, take. Uh, take the hubby, take the wife. It's 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 just heartwarming, and I just f- left the theater feeling good. So I highly recommend it. Go see this. It's already made. Uh, I believe made 118 million uh, domestic. Uh, yeah, 
that that's just yeah. So it's the best opening weekend in the entire franchise. So it's only behind The Incredibles two, which made one hundred eighty two point seven million. It's opening weekend. I remember how insane that was. Um, Finding Dory's $135.1 million, And then Shrek the Third's $121.6 million, Which, I really wish it beat Shrek the Third, because Shrek the Third is terrible. But, yeah, what are you going to do? Maybe the fifth one. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought of, of Toy Story 4 in the comments below. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify and Podbean at at the Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. Who will be back for our Spider-Man Far From Home review? Yes, we can't wait to uh, can't wait to have you back on Mike Scott. And you can follow Colin on Twitter at the Real O'Neill. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have a review up this weekend for uh, yesterday. Uh, that new Beatles, uh, that mo- movie about the uh, guy, the only guy in the world who knows about Beatles songs. I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I love music movies like that. And uh, I'll have a review up as well for Jessica Jones Season 3, which I just finished this past weekend. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to break down on that. So guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.